0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Long Lens Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about filmmaking and mostly answer questions that I get on my YouTube channel. So the way this is going to work is each month, I'm going to do a Q&A on the community page of my YouTube channel, and I'm going to be answering your questions from there. On my Patreon, I'm also going to be doing a Q&A, and I'll actually read off the names of my Patreon supporters. With everyone else in the YouTube community, I'll just be reading the questions and not the names That accompany them. So, if you'd like to get a shout out in this podcast, you can support me on Patreon. For this first episode, I'm going to be reading everyone's names just because this is a QA that I posted on my community page like three months ago. So, just to kind of show you what the format is going to be like. But on this podcast, I'm also going to be doing some interviews, hopefully, with some of my filmmaker friends and talking about new gear that comes out. So, If you're into that, you can definitely follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. This first episode I recorded kind of late at night, so my voice is a little bit hushed. So if you're wondering why I'm sounding like I'm trying to be quiet, it's because I was. And just a little bit of backstory behind the name Long Lens. I basically just came up with that name because in the skateboarding world, when you're a filmer and you're filming a trick without a fisheye lens, we call that filming long lens. Since I rarely use a fisheye anymore, and since most filmmakers don't, I just thought that name fit pretty adequately. So here's the first episode of the Long Lens podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Let's start it off. This was from a impromptu Q&A that I asked about three months ago, and it just kind of shows you how busy I've been. I haven't really been able to answer it in a video format, so I thought I would do it in a podcast. So first one's from Silverlight Photo and Video Co., How does Nigel stay so calm and get so much done? Well, I take one thing at a time. That's how I get so much done. Uh, I don't really think I get enough done, but what I do get done, I take it one thing at a time. I'm not really good at multitasking. And I don't know. I feel like I'm not always calm, but I like that you think I am. All right. Andrew Nepper, one of my buddies. Have you ever thought about doing a day in the life or making vlogs more behind behind the scenes of your channel? Uh, I thought about doing that, but I'm just not a very good vlogger and doing behind the scenes would be really cool if somebody else was doing it, but I don't think that I have the time to, you know, do an entire behind the scenes or a vlog type channel like Gene Potato Jet. I don't know how he does that. It's just way too much work. Aaron Brown asked, what is your favorite thing about YouTube and what is one thing you wish you could change about the platform? Keep up the great content. Thanks, Aaron. Well, I think one thing, my favorite thing about YouTube is just the freedom that you have. You can basically make whatever you want and you're not, you know, having to, you know, like please a client. Uh, The thing I don't like about YouTube is that you kind of have to play the game and I really don't like playing the whole YouTube game where making the cheesy thumbnails and, you know, the clickbaity tiles. That part of YouTube, I really don't like. I wish good videos would just get pushed to the right people better. Manuel Condé, says, just got my G85, love it, awesome. How do you set it up properly for photography and video? Uh, I did a whole video on that. Hopefully you can find it. Uh, It should be titled like how to set up your G85 for cinematic video or something like that. Uh, BN1Visuals asks, will you do a video at some point about your transit van? That actually brings me to another point. I started another channel on YouTube. It's called outpost Thirty Three. 33 because Oregon is the 33rd state in the union, but I post a bunch of videos there about my cargo van So if you're interested in seeing more videos about my cargo van and camping stuff Definitely go check out that channel since smallbury discontinued the 1950 cage for the G85. Is there any other cage? You can recommend as an alternative Um, I wasn't aware that they discontinued that cage But if you can't find that one, I would say just maybe get a universal half cage That should work pretty good for the G85 um, and you know you can still look in eBay. You might still find some G85 cages there. When you first started your business, did you do multiple different areas of work or stick with one niche? Yeah, I did a lot of different things, but mostly stuck with weddings because that was where most of the money was. Um, I tried to do some other you know promotional stuff for like some small businesses, but weddings were always the thing that would pay the most. So that's how I, you know, kept paying my bills. Do you still shoot skateboarding stuff? I was actually just browsing your channel the other day and got some ideas for a shoot I'm doing with a buddy soon. If you have more skating content, I'd love to see it. I would love to shoot more skateboarding, and that's something that I am planning on doing more in 2022. So the answer is yes. I still shoot skateboarding stuff, not as much as I'd like, but I still do it on occasion. How can someone start filmmaking with just a phone? And I think you are the perfect man for this question. <laughs> Thanks, Irfine Habib. I think a good place to start looking would maybe be Film Riot. They do a lot of really good content about how to start shooting video on your phone. And also, I've done a few videos on how you can start shooting cinematic-esque videos with your iPhone. So definitely go and check those out, and hopefully those will help you. Kendi Chandra Asks, what are the common grip gear you think people should own aside from the common ones like gaff tape and clamps? I feel like a piece of grip gear that everybody should probably have is just shears and maybe like a shower curtain. And those are two things that you can use to diffuse light if you need to. And they're so inexpensive and you can just keep them, you know, folded up in your closet or just put them in your car. And you can use them for a bunch of different reasons. So if you ever just need a way to diffuse some light, you have something. Also, maybe like a black curtain to black out windows if you need to. Those are the type of things that maybe you don't think about when you're actually on location shooting, but when you need them, it's really nice to have. A Kaniak asks, do you make content for anything other than YouTube or Patreon? Can you give a timeline of your filmmaking journey from beginning to present? Uh, that would take a long time to do the entire filmmaking journey from beginning to where I am right now but yeah I just make videos for YouTube and I do the occasional freelance gig but I'm trying to get away from that because I kind of just want to focus a little bit more just on YouTube so yeah I make YouTube for my channel my second van channel and obviously for Patreon and now I'm doing this podcast but um, yeah I started out filmmaking back in like 2006 and I've just been holding a camera ever since, so it just kind of snowballed into becoming a YouTuber. That's the long short of it. Aaron Drummond asked, Who, if anyone, inspired your style, from your hair to your cool, calm demeanor? I know skating is your passion, but do you have any icons that you look up to that affect how you present yourself today? Yeah, I look up to a lot of skate filmers just because I was really into skate filming when I was younger. So people like Ty Evans or or Jason Hernandez, those two guys' filmmaking styles is very unique. And so I've always tried to, you know, kind of emulate that a little bit in the way that I, you know, make my own videos. Um, as far as like how I dress and my demeanor, I think it's just uh, it's just how I was raised. I'm a pretty... Introverted person and I just dress like a skateboarder because I am one. <laughs> Who are some of your cinematic influences? In what way do they show in your work? Uh, I think I just answered that question. That was from TS three three nine three. Michael Ty asks for recommendations for ultra wide lenses for the Micro Four Thirds that are non fish eyes. Uh, basically, your only option is the Laowa ten millimeter or the Laowa seven point five millimeter or I think the Laowa. Nine millimeter as well. Basically, Lowa makes the best uh, non fisheye like rectilinear lenses. But you could also look into SLR Magic. They make an eight millimeter, but it's pretty slow at f four. So, yeah, those are the only ones that come to mind. Uh, Sveton V Life. Um, he's kind of asking why I titled my videos the way that I do with like the you know cheapest equipment stuff, and he's also asking why I like Panasonic so much. Um, this is you know from three months ago, so they probably didn't know that I now shoot Olympus, but. As far as the other question, um, the way that I title my videos is mostly just because you have to play that YouTube game. And sometimes putting cinematic or cheap or budget in your title can just help it get pushed to the right people. Um, I don't like doing it, but you kind of have to when you're trying to be a YouTuber. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan Pace, my friend from Portugal, uh, he asks, If you could own one single lens for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Um, For Micro Four Thirds honestly, probably the Olympus 12 to 40. I'm really liking that lens, either that one or the DJI 15 millimeter. If I, if you're talking like larger sensors, I feel like if I was on Sony APS-C, like the a6400 or something, I'd probably go for that new Sigma 18 to 55 f2.8. If I was on Canon, like obviously the 18 to 35 and full frame, I would just get whatever 24 to 70, uh, lens fit, whatever camera I was using. So I just, I really like the 24 to 70 type focal length now. Uh, it's just a really versatile one. And I think someone like Danny Gavertz really proved the point that you can do a lot with a 24 to 70 lens. Jacob Medina, he asks, what's your current go-to setup for every day? Uh, right now I'm rocking the Olympus EM1 Mark II and the Olympus 12 to 40 F2.8 Pro. And I use a... NISI 1 eighth and a 1 4th black mist filter and the NISI uh, 2 to 5 stop variable in D and what else uh, my Comica VM10 and the Comica VM20 which is what you're hearing me on right now those two mics are great I use the Comica Boom XD Pro for my wireless audio and yeah I have a small rig top handle that I use and when I need a monitor I use the ICANN VL35 like small little EVF I don't use a gimbal very much anymore just because the E-M1 Mark II's image stabilization is so good. And, uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm rocking every day. Uh, story film productions, what cameras do you own now? And are you a full-time filmmaker or part-time? Uh, right now I just own the E-M1 Mark II. And as far as full-time or part-time, I'm making a full-time income from YouTube. Uh, I don't necessarily work full-time hours, but, yeah, I would consider myself a full-time YouTube content creator. Calling myself a filmmaker always kind of feels a little wrong since I'm not making films. Pat Quinky V advice to a beginner filmmaker, business related. Uh, yeah. Try to meet as many people as you possibly can that are in the industry. Uh, cause they can, a lot of the times when people ask me if I can do a job and I can't, I always refer them to my friends. So if you have more friends that are filmmakers, you can get more business that way. Uh, Ben Ferris says, is there any cage you'd recommend for the G7 that's compact enough so it can fit in my camera bag? Uh, Man, that's a hard one. Uh, I think SmallRig was the only one that made a form-fitting cage for the G7. All the other cages are just way too big and bulky. So, yeah, I just look for the SmallRig one. It sucks, but they're really the only option for those older Panasonic cameras. Travis Rab Guitar says, growing YouTube into a business... Yeah, I guess focus more on search than on anything else because when you're first starting out, you have to get people in the door and search is really the only way that's going to happen. So making videos that are going to pop up in people's feeds and that's why I, again, title the videos that I do because most of my videos still come from search. So if I just do like Olympus 12 to 40 review, it probably wouldn't get any views. But if I did best budget cinematic zoom lens for micro four thirds, that's going to get a lot more views. So you're going to have to play that game, even though it might be a little cringy favorite skate shoe, same shoe for filmmaking. That's a good question. I feel like no one ever talks about what shoes they wear when they're filmmaking, but, uh, yeah, I wear Vans a lot Vans pro with a pop cushion in it. Um, and I also really like new balance numeric skate shoes and yeah, I wear skate shoes no matter what I'm doing, unless I'm hiking or something like that, obviously. But for just, yeah, every day wearing, I wear skate shoes. Uh, when I'm running, I use like Hoka's or something. Gil B, what is the best budget lights? Uh, there are a lot of really good budget lights. I think right now the Aperture Amaran 60Ds, those are the best as far as like COB lights. 170 bucks. Those things are awesome. And I'm really liking what Aperture is doing with like their budget friendly lights. Best budget mic for skateboarding under 100 bucks. Comica VM 10 all day. All day. I love that mic. How do you get started on YouTube? Um, I got started making skate videos and then I got into trying to make money filming skateboarding. Realized that did not really work out. So I started doing other stuff and that's how I got into actually, you know, like filmmaking and not just making skate videos. Uh, those last two questions were from evil cat FPV and pixel city art. Holland cloak media asks, which films have inspired you to create? I like a lot of Wes Anderson films just cause I feel like he does something different than what everyone else does. He doesn't just blow everything out with like super fast lenses and a huge format camera. He actually focuses on the story a lot and, really creative camera movement I can like it's it's not necessarily Wes Anderson I know it's Robert Yeoman but I feel like they work really well together and the way that they tell stories is really is actually really cool Martin Zulu how old are you and how is the filmmaking business now uh, I just turned 31 and the filmmaking business now I honestly couldn't really tell you because I'm not like a very active freelance filmmaker. I'm a YouTuber, so it's a little bit different for me than it would be for someone who, you know, has to find clients every month and whatnot. So yeah, I honestly couldn't really tell you that. But as far as YouTube, uh, it's got its highs and lows. Uh, right now it's doing it's doing well and it's paying the bills, so I can't really complain. Uh, Michael DeFranco, did you ever consider going to film school? Uh, I actually, I did consider doing that, but I got an internship with a production company slash YouTube channel back when I was, you know, thinking about going to college and it just made a lot more sense to me to go and learn by doing something as opposed to paying someone to teach me something that probably could be learned if I just went out and did it anyways. So that's not to say that film school is irrelevant, but I just think that you really have to like, you know, be willing to teach it to yourself and go out and grind and learn the hard way. Um, not to say that you can't do that in film school, but it's just saying that like the information is just so easily available now, uh, especially with, you know, YouTube university basically. So yeah, I didn't go to film school. I just, um, I was self-taught completely. So I did have some mentors. Uh, shout out to my buddy Darren Dyke, who is the owner of Beyond Slow Motion YouTube channel. And he taught me a lot about filmmaking and the whole YouTube business. And I guess to leave this podcast off with a question from Andrew Conover. He asked, How do you make money? And with YouTube, you make money with Google AdSense, which to be honest, really isn't that much. Uh just to give you a little bit of an insight to like how much I make uh, with 135,000 subscribers, I make anywhere from six to seven hundred dollars uh, from Google AdSense. So really not that much. Uh, where I make the most money is with Amazon affiliates, which a lot of people they don't like that for some reason. I feel like that's the most that's the least sleazy way of making money. Like if I use a light and you like the way that it looks and I really love the light. And I show you a link say, hey, you can go buy it from this and I'll get a little bit of a kickback and you wanted to buy it anyways, like everybody wins. So, yeah, um, that's how I make uh, the most monies from Amazon affiliates. I also get money from selling my LUTs on my website, which those LUTs I actually put a lot of time into and I only sell them for like, you know, five bucks. So... I'm taking kind of a loss there, but I do make a little money back from making those LUTs and selling them. And then I do sponsorship deals for companies like Skillshare, and that's how I bring in the other part of my money. So, yeah, and then hopefully my van channel will pass a thousand subscribers soon and I can start monetizing that too. So that's how I make money. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast where I just answer questions and hopefully it was entertaining and you got something out of it. Uh, If you did, then follow this podcast, rate it on whatever podcast platform you are listening to it on. And until next time, I will talk to you all later. All right. Bye.